0: Hi there, you're listening to the Guitar Speak podcast, produced here in Sydney, Australia. My name's Matt Wakeling. Thank you so much for joining me. Now today, for episode number 60, we are talking about the Sydney Guitar Festival, part one of a two-parter, on this great festival coming up August 23rd to 27th. We speak to some of the guests. In fact, today we speak to prog rock fusion instrumentalist Wizard, James Norbert Ivanyi, great guy, great player. And we speak to Australian rock and roll royalty, Sarah McLeod, you may know as frontwoman of the Super Jesus. She's also got a bunch of solo albums and her latest, First In A While has a super interesting story as to how it was written, conceived, uh, produced, and how it's going to be toured as well. It was awesome to speak to Sarah. We also speak to festival programmer, Adrian Layton, he gives us the rundown on the whole box and dice of the festival. Great to meet Adrian and he's working super hard with his team to put this festival together. Alright, before we get to those interviews, just some uh, listener feedback. We, we had Troy Daily on last week's episode, and the response has been really great. So I just wanted to share a little bit of that. My good buddy Owen Chambers uh, posted, he wrote, Hi Matt, just listened to the interview with Troy Daily on the train to Newcastle. Great interview, one cool guy. Thanks Zoe, I agree with you, he's a cool guy. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Gavin Moore. Another one of our uh, one of long time listeners uh, wrote this great interview, Matt. One of the best yet. TCG is a legend and a top quality bloke as well. Love the guitars being part of it. The sound quality was fantastic. Thank you, Gavin. Really appreciate that feedback. And um, yeah, the reason why the sound quality was so good is because Troy mic'd up his his rigs, mic'd up his acoustics and his electric amp and and his voice. And uh, we did the interview over the phone, but he sent me. Sent me his audio file so we could hear his guitar rig in stereophonic hi fi super duper fidelity. Goodness! <laughs> sounded so good. I loved hearing those guitars. I don't know if I like the tellies more than the strats or vice versa. Or Man, that, that, it just all sounded really great. It's very inspiring to, to hear those tones up close. So, uh, yeah, really good to know that people enjoyed the episode. If you haven't heard that episode, uh, you can check it out, Guitar com or iTunes or Stitcher, wherever. Hey, we also got a really good response to our Australian Guitar News episode one. Maybe because it was only a six-minute show. I don't know. But uh, that was cool. So thank you for tuning in. I'm going to post those every now and then, just every now and then with bits and pieces of news around Australia. All right, the music is just about to stop, so I'm going to stop talking. And we're going to start our interviews for the Sydney Guitar Festival. First up, we have festival programmer Adrian Layton. Adrian Layton, welcome to the Guitar Speak podcast. Hi, Matt.
1: Great to be here. Man, thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for your time. You look super busy. Um, we're a few weeks out from the Sydney Guitar Festival, so I'm sure you've got your hands full.
1: Yeah, yeah, we are. It's been a pretty hectic... Uh for twelve months, to be honest, but um, yeah, it's great to see everything coming together and uh, everything on sale, and you yeah, know we're a couple of weeks out, so I'm really looking forward to it.
0: It's fantastic. Now, just um, just to back up a little bit, um, what's what's your day job? Because you're you're involved with running gigs and playing gigs, I guess. And um, and what's your background in guitar?
1: Yeah, uh, okay, well I'll try and answer all that in, in the next minute. <laughs> uh oh, yeah, well, very long story short, I guess. So um yeah, I started playing guitar when I was, I was about nine. Um I, I saw the film La Bamba story of richie valens and uh just you know immediately felt that that was resonating with me so i (laughs) i got a guitar for the next christmas and and it kind of all started from there i suppose um yeah so sort of uh, you know went through went through school and then did a a music diploma uh finished that and then sort of lived in the uk for a while and traveled to europe and then came back and then did did a a bachelor of creative arts at macquarie uni um which was which is really great, and I sort of went in there with the intention, I guess, of becoming a you know professional working guitarist, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then quickly realised that, you know, <laughs> far more talented players than, than I would ever be, so, uh, you know, shifted more into the, into the business side of things, which I really started to enjoy anyway, uh, and uh, that's kind of more where I've, I've been working now, um, and moved to the States for, for a year after that, and... Um, did, like, a little internship at CMJ, which is a college music journal uh, in New York, which is, like, um, kind of similar to uh, South by Southwest in Austin. Okay. Um yeah, so I did a little uh, internship there for six months and then um, came back to Sydney and sort of been booking venues and working around the Traps ever since then. Uh, and then came on at uh, at Century Venues about uh, 12 months ago, or a bit over now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with the intention of, of sort of, you know, just, just booking, you know, places like the Enmore and the Metro and the factory, which was, you know, really exciting for me to, to start here. And then uh, it was soon sort of, you know, <laughs> taken hostage by like, one of our... Uh, our fearless leaders at Century yes Sam Nardo, who's a big guitar fan himself, uh, and he visited the Adelaide Guitar Fest um, a few years ago and thought, oh, okay. you know, th- 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 there could be a good little uh, opportunity to start, you know, a-, a similar thing in Sydney, I suppose, because um, there wasn't anything happening. So yeah, we great. thought we'd, um, yeah, so we kind of threw that to me and took it from there, and that's here we are. That's pretty much it.
0: That's fantastic. Um, yeah, when you say you're booking some rooms, yeah, there's some fantastic rooms you, you're you looking after um, through Century. That's, that's very cool. I was going to ask what was the inspiration behind uh, behind putting on a festival, and Adelaide sounds pretty good. They've they've been running that festival, I think. I think it's a biennial one, isn't it? But it's, um, it's been going yeah, great. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they run
1: every two years. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, I think they're in the 12th, 12th year now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Slava who's, have, have, um, yeah, become become a bit of a friend in the last couple of months, uh, which has been great. He's, he's sort of the programmer uh, with another guy, Ben. Uh, they programmed the, the event together. And it's, yeah, it's really great. Like, it's such a fantastic event. Okay. Um, so we're kind of uh, really happy to be working somewhat with those guys in, in the coming years on, on ideas and artists and, and those kind of things.
0: Yeah, Brilliant. Fantastic. Now I I get a headache just trying to imagine putting together an event like this. What's <laughs>
1: so do I, mate?
0: <laughs> when, when did work start on this? So so we we kick off in August uh, August twenty third, twenty seventeen. But going backwards, when mm-hmm. when does the seed get planted and and when the work start?
1: Uh, yeah, well, I guess soon after right? I started um, Century sort of last last May June. Uh, 2016, um, yeah, one of our, our directors, Sam Nardo, suggested this to me uh, as, as an idea because we're always throwing around ideas for, you know, crazy events that 90% will never happen. But, uh-huh.
2: you
1: know, <laughs> um, I, I think you knew, you know, for me, having played in bands and still playing guitar oh, actively, yeah. I, I'd be quite interested in this. So, yeah. um, I sort of took this on as like an additional little role for. You know, t- to my job already booking the other venues, and I was yeah. like, all right, well, I'm pretty happy to sort of put time into it and see see where it goes. Um, and then uh, we managed to to get uh, to you know Paco Pena involved and Slavo Gregorian and yeah, a probably. few acts that were interested in in the concept, and we're like, well, cool, right, let's just keep keep going and see see sort of how. It- comes up so that's um that's where it started and then yeah it's just sort of gone from strength to strength and you know there's been a lot of people interested in in seeing the concepts sort of develop um and it's yeah it's been really great i mean it's it's definitely a team effort it's really great to have um you know a a variety of people involved um just just here in the office at century so you know marketing and production and everyone else involved so it's been a real team effort um on that side um which makes it easy for me to have everyone
0: (laughs) in the same (laughs) office (laughs) sure
1: um yeah, but aside from that it's um yeah, it's been you know stressful at times but certainly um worth worth all the work, that's for sure. It's yeah, it's great.
0: Brilliant. Now there are heaps of um heaps of fantastic shows spread spread across a bunch of those venues. What who are some of the people coming to play at the festival? Uh yeah, so we've got a mix
1: of, of shows that we have uh, Sort of curated together with with artists that we wanted to work with um, across, across different styles, uh, and then there's a few few acts who are touring anyway and, and doing like an album launch type thing. Uh, so we've sort of it's a mix of both uh, artists that are umbrellaed for the show and then things that we've curated and put together. Um, and so yeah, I guess I'll run through a quick list. Um, yeah. there's, there's a show called Slide Evolution that's, that's happening down at the factory. Uh, that's with Jeff Lang, uh, Dom Turner from the Backsliders, yeah, and Fiona it. Boys. Yeah, cool. Yeah, they're doing like a like a slide inspired sort of bluesy night together which should be really cool uh, and then we've got uh, the pioneers of rock and roll which is dre roland uh zane banks and a bunch of other really great musos doing like a sort of uh i guess the influences and styles of bb king and chuck berry mm-hmm. uh, so they're sort of exploring those two and um i guess the influences for those guys and then some of their music obviously as well um so that'll be really cool and then uh Returning uh, Joe Robinson, who I believe you've spoken to before, actually, yeah, heard, uh, yeah. <laughs> I heard on your podcast a few months ago, and he, he nice. dropped a hint, so I was like, oh, yeah, that's us.
0: <laughs> that's awesome, man. I was stoked to hear that.
1: Yeah, 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 likewise, man. Yeah, I saw Joe, um, I was working at a festival in called Bonnaroo in, in Nashville a few years ago, and uh-huh. um, he was the first actor I saw on one of the days. I uh, didn't know who he was, and then um, they got a bit closer. I could hear him, and I got a bit closer. I was like, "Oh wait, hang on, he won. Australia's got talent." And then <laughs> spoke to him afterwards. He was, you know, and it was Joe. I was like, "Ah, oh, fantastic!" So said, so "We're going to work together one day, man. You know, really like your stuff." That's so nice. that was really exciting to get him get him out. Yeah,
0: yeah cool. Uh,
1: yeah, so he's doing he's doing Lead Belly on uh, Thursday, the 24th of August.
0: Yeah, nice. Uh, I think you got Adam Miller and uh, Michael Fix on that gig as well. Yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah, that's right. So it's been a bit of a who's who of uh, acoustic shredders. So I'm yeah. really, really excited about that one. Fantastic. Yeah, and then uh, we also have uh, the premiere of Acoustic Uprising with uh, Drew, who I believe you spoke with as well recently.
0: Yeah, he was on the show a couple of weeks ago.
1: Yeah, and and Van Larkens as well. Who I think you've also spoken to. I have. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's a bit of a, a bit of a, a mix of event. We're, we're having a Q and A with with Drew um, and, and yourself, I, I believe. If yes, you're still available.
0: I am. I'm there. <laughs>
1: Awesome uh, And Van's going to perform as well
0: Because yeah, he's, he's uh, be related
1: with, with the Candy Rat, candy rat records uh, Which the film's kind of based on Yeah, uh, yeah, so really looking forward to that one uh, And then we've got Crossroads Which is an Eric Clapton mm-hmm. tribute night uh, With yeah, a bunch of, you know, Aussie legends Peter Northcott and such uh, And then we've got Guitar, with, uh, Guitar Which is happening at the Enmore and Concourse uh, With Paco Pena and the Gregorio Brothers And we've just added Joe Robinson to the Enmore show for that oh, one too Oh, excellent so that should be um yeah for that one is really exciting and um, to be honest i have no idea what the guys have planned and how they're going to (laughs) bring all these you know flamenco and jazz and you know everything together but it's going to be uh going to be interesting uh, and then I've just run through the, the others quickly Because it's, <laughs> it's taking a while Yeah, sure we uh, have got Richie Cotson with Claude Hay at the factory yeah, brilliant. Uh, Sarah, Sarah McLeod launching her new album at the factory uh, Damien Wright, fantastic flamenco guitarist from Bandalusia mm-hmm. uh, So they're doing 505 uh, And we have uh, amazing uh, progressive guitarist, uh, James Norbert Ivani You should yeah, really yeah. check him out If you haven't heard him, he's, yeah, he's really awesome. cool uh, one of my favourite new towners, Brian Campo, is doing a, uh, a show at Django Bar at Camelot Lounge. Yeah. Um, what What's the concept called?
0: with that? That sounds crazy. That sounds awesome.
1: Yeah. Well, well, I was kind of you know discussing some ideas with Brian, and, and he was like, "I've always wanted to do this thing right you know blindfold the audience." And I was like, "How about get blind with Brian? And we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just blindfold the audience and you'll just <laughs> you know play some music." And that, that's kind of the concept for that one. So that was great. Yeah. That, yeah it's gonna be fun (laughs) uh and then we've also we're also doing like a, a junior guitar competition as well um at the concourse in chatswood um so we'll have a little outdoor stage set up there in the courtyard of the concourse. Uh, and then uh, I think Big Music and Crow's Nest are sort of partnering with us on that.
2: Oh, excellent. Yeah, um, great.
1: Yeah, so that's going to be really fun. So it'll just be like a back-to-back sort of, you know, guitar championship and winner takes all. Actually, great. no, there's a second prize, prize as well. Okay. Honestly, <laughs> amps and a few, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going be, gonna to be really fun out there as well.
0: That's great, man. That's I love it.
1: The, that's on the 26th of August.
0: Okay. Man, I love it. It's such a good mix of... Of stuff, I don't know, there's like, you've got some very uh, rootsy, uh, rootsy acoustic and folk-based musics. the blues obviously, different flavours of rock, right up to very progressive stuff, Um, yeah, from James Norbert of Varney and Richie Cotson's very, very modern kind of. Rock show as yeah. well That's Heaps cool
1: Yeah I mean for me It's been really Really interesting Just sort of You know Getting into some styles That I haven't I guess in the past um, You know Explored all that much So um, <laughs> Yeah and then just finding out You know Discovering these really great artists That I probably normally Wouldn't have listened to uh, And just discovering them You know Through this And that's kind of What I'm really encouraging People to do As part of this festival Like the more you know, Maybe not this year But I think in future years People will start to trust the brand And, and realise that all the shows Are putting on And like Really the you know, the Creme de la creme Of all the genres oh. Oh, and then, absolutely. You know, so that's kind of what I'm really excited about, people to trust us and just come along and see different artists and, and just discover things that they haven't, um, you know, that they wouldn't have normally been exposed to us. Yeah,
0: guess, yeah, sure. i was out. I mean, there's obviously some incredible international guests. So Paco Pena, it doesn't get bigger in the world of flamenco. Um, yeah, than him that's really and, exciting. And Richie Cotson, obviously, as we mentioned. Um, but some of the Australian players, absolutely world-class and... In some cases, much better known overseas than in Australia. Someone like Adam Miller is, is doing huge things in the States, as is Joe Robinson. Um, yeah, yeah, Van exactly. Larkins. Larkens uh, has got a large following in Canada. Uh, James mm. Norbert Varney just got back from a you know, fantastic tour of Europe. Um, but these yeah, are all people right. in our own backyard doing incredible work on the guitar.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly that's for me that's you know that's part of the job as well I mean I mean for you it's you know congrats on, on running such a successful podcast as well because I mean this is a really great platform for you know particularly Australian artists
2: to, oh, geez, to yeah. sort of,
1: for people to sort of discover them a bit more like they may have heard a bit you know their names here and there but to you know to, to learn more about them uh, through your interviews is, is really important
0: I think I see you've got a bunch of workshops also lined up <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. So we're doing a few. Uh, we're doing, doing one with Adam Miller um, and Damien Wright and one of my favourite Australian guitarists, Benjamin Houtman.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, Jazz guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's pretty much an anything guy. Like, you know, yeah. he's playing <laughs> with, with every act you can think of. But um, yeah, he's, he's really fantastic. So he's doing uh, more of an improvisation sort of oh, focus cool. workshop, um, which should be really cool. Uh, and then we're doing like a, um, a build your own guitar workshop as well, which runs over the weekend. Oh, and that'll be running out of Barrackville. so uh, yeah. So there's you know there's lots to do. I just hope people you know sort of uh, get involved and, and do some different things they wouldn't normally be doing in Sydney. So it's yeah it's it's really interesting.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Now you've mentioned going forward, uh, are there plans to make this a regular event?
1: Yeah, absolutely. At this stage, yeah, we've already sort of laid some laid some bricks for next year, which are looking looking particularly exciting.
0: Um,
1: and with uh, with Adelaide sort of running you know, biannually, we're you know kind of hoping to sort of you know share acts and, and uh, you know bring. It kind of gives us both a better opportunity to bring some bigger internationals over that okay. um, may may not have been able to come just for the Adelaide show, but um, now the Sydney ones here makes it a little more compelling for them to to come over. So hopefully, you know, it'll end up. A better
0: thing for everyone. Oh, Excellent, excellent. There is some really great guitar stuff going on around Australia. So the Adelaide Festival, the, the Melbourne Festival has just wrapped up this yeah, weekend. Yeah, um, I know yeah. Absolutely. I've heard great things about the Brisbane show as well. So, yeah, it's I was super excited to see um, someone put together something for, for Sydney. We've, we've not had like a – there's plenty of great players, there's plenty of great gigs, but to put on a, a real guitar-focused event, um, I think it's wonderful for the guitar community here.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's really interesting to see how uh, I suppose how the programmers for each event sort of uh, have a different take on it as well. Like the Melbourne, one, for example, is quite different to what we're doing. Like we, we don't have any, any sort of uh, any sort of trade component this year, but we're yeah. hoping to next year and sort of learn from them because the way they do it is a really uh, really engaging and really interesting way. Like you know, ha- having Diesel doing workshops and, and that kind of stuff. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So I think next year we'll be looking at um, yeah, stealing some of their ideas and, <laughs> and rolling that out. Um, but, yeah, it's great to see, man. Like, I think, you know, the more uh, the more opportunity people have to, to get out there and, and learn more about, you know, guitar and, and better themselves is, is, is all for the better, really.
0: Excellent. Sounds good. So where can people um, go to check out um, these these events in more detail or to get tickets, that kind of stuff, Adrian?
1: yeah yeah well either just go uh, go straight to the website which is sydneyguitarfestival.com or go to uh, the facebook or i'm sure it's on instagram and uh, you know try and try and pick something that you wouldn't normally check out or something that you, you would normally check out and, and you know buy a ticket and come along
0: all right there's my conversation with festival programmer adrian layton as stated at the top of the show james norbert ivani is a fantastic progressive rock instrumentalist and he's released several eps the latest of which denna larvis has just come out you listen to a little bit of it now we'll crank it up before our conversation with james James Norbert of Venue, welcome to the Guitar Speak podcast.
3: Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: Great. No, I really appreciate your time. And you seem super busy at the moment. You've released your your fourth EP in the last month or so. And um, congratulations on that. It sounds fantastic.
3: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm uh, very happy with it.
0: Excellent. Where did you record that?
3: Uh, all here at home. Yeah. Uh, I have a, a very humble, small little home studio here that I've done all of my solar releases out of uh, okay. and i would like to think that as i've invested in gear and knowledge over the years they've started to sound hopefully better than the ones previous and this one was the same i did it all here uh, the only thing that doesn't get done here are the drums oh, uh, obviously sure. drums and apartments don't go well together um so yeah the drums we do separately and everything else uh, i do here
0: Okay, cool. That's great. So when I say your fourth EP, I should mention the name Den Lavis, Did I pronounce that correctly?
3: That is correct. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. Cool. What's the um? What's the story behind the name?
3: Oh yes, I love this question. It's actually <laughs> a, a made-up word. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and it is, to the best of my understanding, the kind of amalgamation of two characters that feature in Jeff Christensen's artworks. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. So Jennifer Christensen is the guy who has done art uh, on, for the last three records that I've done. Okay. Yeah. I love surrealist art, and I'm a huge fanboy of his. So it's always a bit of a thrill to be able to uh, have his art feature on the covers. Um, so yeah, Daniel Avis is essentially a kind of a made-up character from one of the pieces. Okay. Um, everyone asks what it means. Obviously, yeah, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I actually, with all your EPs, um, I like all the names. So your debut was um, Afasia from 2013. Yeah. Uh, and then what was the next one? The uh, The Matter Circumvention. Yep. Great mm-hmm. names, man. The Usurper. These are killer prog <laughs> albums.
3: <laughs>
0: Very cool.
3: Yeah, uh, and they're all inspired by the artworks that feature on the covers. Okay. And I actually write all the music uh, whilst looking at the artwork. I try to treat the music as a musical interpretation of the pieces themselves.
0: Oh, okay, wow, that's really super interesting. So, on "Then Loves," you've got three tracks. So, are there three discrete artworks that you're that you're um, drawing upon?
3: Well, I'm I'm really just drawing uh, upon the 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 one artwork, yeah, uh, which is actually titled that piece is called Pray Darkly," which is the name of the first song and single that I put out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it all revolves around, uh, you know, human impact on the earth and overpopulation and its effects. So I, I kind of structure out the, I, I tried to imagine the kind of timeline of, uh, you, you know, humanity's arrival and well into the future and make a kind of musical soundtrack to that.
0: Okay, cool, cool. So that, yeah, I guess that points you in in, uh, in a certain certain space. Now all all these EPs that they're um, just a really great modern progressive kind of kind of take on things. What what inspired that direction in in your musicianship?
3: Mm. Well, I, I guess I, I grew up uh, listening to classic rock, thanks to my musical parents, who were yep. both you know uh, hippies back in the day and. Uh-huh. So, you know, my first CD was, uh remember CDs, the first CD I ever got was The Doors' Greatest Hits. Nice. So that really, to me, was kind of normal music growing up, The Doors, Zeppelin, Deep Purple, Black Sabbath, uh, bands like that. So mm-hmm. I really have those sounds and flavors, uh, I guess, in my musical DNA, and they're quite strong. Uh, uh, but I, I eventually fell into playing in metal bands, primarily because I love playing metal guitar it's a very intense genre of music to play uh, and I always liked that intensity Um, but once I finished playing in bands and I started this solo venture I I really wanted to get back to my roots so I guess what I'm doing now is really uh, a bit of a blend of those two things I'm uh, I'm very into the modern progressive kind of heavier side of music but I'm, I'm trying to drag all of my classic rock roots along for the ride as well and it's it's uh, helped me find a, a sound that I'm really enjoying, kind of working with.
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's interesting you, you say that because there's definitely, like I said, that real modern kind of um, kind of take. But yeah, there's like these big chunky rhythm guitars, and um, mm. I can definitely hear that that sort of classic influence as well. Mm. So you mentioned the Doors and and, uh, and and Zeppelin. When when you're getting more into prog kind of stuff in mm. the metal, who who are you listening to? Who are your inspirations?
3: well i i guess i kind of uh followed the the traditional uh path from rock into metal you know i i started listening to bands uh, early on like uh metallica slayer pantera and uh and then from there i kind of branched off into the the more technical bands like i loved uh, like nevermore opeth dream theater uh uh-huh. uh groups like that where my kind of the the limits of the instrument uh to me were really exposed and i started to get really into that as well so um and then you know obviously into the more kind of modern progressive stuff that i like today like exibius uh and a bunch of other bands uh we actually got to play with them in europe and see their last ever show just a few weeks ago which oh, was wow, special. yeah that's epic it was most certainly epic <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, tell, tell me about your European tour. That's that looked awesome. I was following you on social media. It looked like you were having a great time.
3: It was incredible. Uh, it was yeah. It was my, my all of our first time over there. So yep. you know we were just very wide eyed and enjoyed every second. Um, uh, obviously, UK Tech Fest was was huge and a lot of fun. Um, there were many firsts for for me there. Um, uh, we also went over as a trio, which we wanted to try out, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully, we played uh, well. No one uh, <laughs> no one, uh, missed a beat, and we got asked to come back.
0: Oh, fantastic. Uh,
3: and, yeah, then I, we travelled the country, and I did some masterclasses and clinics uh, while I was there. And all, all up, it was just a, a wonderful experience. Uh, it's always nice to kind of have... Ah, uh, fans who become friends online, who are willing to meet you at train stations and show you the best parts of every city. Yeah, wow. Uh, and and help you get around, and all of those things make a big difference. So it was just a very warm, wonderful uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, loved it. Had a great time.
0: Fantastic. Now, when you say Tech Fest, um, can you tell us a bit about that? From what I understand, it's yeah, it's just a lot of prog and and um and math mm. and mm. stuff going on. Who else was on the bill there?
3: Ah, well, there was an enormous amounts of bands on the bill. Um, uh, the, the, the headliners were Black Dahlia Murder, uh, Obscura, Northlane, who were Sydney Boys as okay, well. Okay, cool. Who were out there doing big things. Um, but, like, there was a lot, a lot of other, other great bands that I saw there, a band called uh, Vervum. Uh, there was also Igor, that was quite strange, but I really liked. Uh, Exivius, who... Um, uh if you if you don't know uh cynics kind of backing band who went off and did their own instrumental band
0: okay you know? okay uh
3: and yeah the, the tech fest itself is is really a festival that i i guess uh, generally showcases a lot of the modern progressive technical bands on the on the scene yeah great this year was quite heavy on the uh like the death metal and the heavier bands okay uh, so quite a heavy lineup but um, I mean, previously, you know, they've had lots of uh, instrumental bands on there. Like, I think last year, uh, Animals as Leaders, one of the headliners. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely a wonderful festival, and it's a very communal vibe. Like a lot of the people that were there have been there every year, and um, it's very relaxed. You know, it's like a field of uh, English metal nerds all just having <laughs> fantastic.
0: That's awesome, and um, yeah, Great Britain's having a cracker summer. Um, even by our standards, it sounds like it's super nice over oh, there.
3: It was incredible. I mean, it was T-shirts and shorts day and night. Wow. Uh, and obviously the sun doesn't go down till like 11 p.m. or something whack.
0: Yeah, it's nuts. Wow.
3: So it really tripped us out. Obviously, uh, I said it was a, a lot of firsts for us. So for me, it was actually the first time I'd ever camped inside a tent before. Okay. Uh, and of course, the very first night I camped, there was three months of rain in one hour, <laughs> and uh, I my tent became a boat. While wow. I was uh, locked in there with me having a an acoustic rehearsal. So that was certainly an experience that we've loved. <laughs> um, since. Yeah.
0: Very great. nice. I saw. I saw down in Brighton. That was one of your venues for um one of your masterclasses.
3: It was. Yeah, at uh, GAK. Yeah. Uh, awesome.
0: Very cool. Actually, I just spoke to um Joe Branton. I don't know if you met him, but he's um one of the marketing guys at, at, at GAC. We had him on the show last week.
3: Yeah, Joe is, is awesome. He was there. I met him. He's oh, cool. awesome guy. Really cool.
0: Yeah, awesome. Good stuff. What did you, um, In terms of gear, what can you take with you and what did you have to use there? How does that work for a, a touring band from Sydney getting over to the UK?
3: Well, basically, it is a constant uh, anxiety struggle about how little you can take. Yeah. Um, So for me, where, you know, I just bring one guitar and I travel with the mono gig bag case.
0: Okay, yep. uh,
3: Which uh, I've had for five years. And I don't want this to turn into a mono praising uh, podcast. But I've had this gig bag for five years and I've taken it all over the world, checked it in planes and dragged it around. And it's just seriously, my guitar has never had an injury. Uh, The bag itself looks like I bought it yesterday. It's fantastic. Wow, so I just, that's awesome. That's, yeah, that's so I bring a guitar and uh, recently, about six months ago, I got the Fractal Audio AX8. Okay, uh, yep. Which, uh, I mean, you're probably familiar with it, but it's basically an Axe FX2 built into a floorboard.
0: Yes, yeah. Uh,
3: and I just run that direct to front of house. Um, okay. And I'm slowly getting used to hearing myself through foldbacks as opposed to you know, quad boxes behind me.
0: Um, Yeah, right.
3: And that's pretty much it. So I travel with something on my back and something in my hand. It's, it's quite, quite easy.
0: Cool. That's awesome.
3: Yeah. Um, The, the clinics, uh, obviously, uh, Dave Friedman and, and, uh, Anthony, the the Friedman guy over in the UK, they were kind enough to get some rigs out to the store for me. So obviously I was using my, my usual B 100 rig there.
0: All right. So, James, tell us about the guitar inside that super-duper um, mono-gig bag.
3: Sure. So, the one that I've been uh, pre- predominantly using live for the last four years is my Sir custom-made modern series guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the black one that everyone knows. Um, It was uh, designed to be just, I wanted something to be really dumb and simple to use live that could handle everything that I do on the records. Uh, I actually don't use it on any of the albums. Um, It is essentially when I designed it, uh, I was trying to capture everything that was great about my main studio guitar, which is the antique S model. Uh, It's Sir's take on like the Stratocaster kind of thing. Yep, yep. And an old SG. Funnily enough, okay. which is one of my favourite guitars. Ah, uh, cool. So it's it's all mahogany body, mahogany neck, much like the uh, DNA of the you know the Les Paul and the SG, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but with lots of modern appointments, so it's got the stainless steel frets, uh, the Gotoh five ten uh, block bridge, um, twenty four fret, uh, and it has the um, uh, the tremble nose system installed. So it's quite easy to make. The tuning changes needed for my set on the fly okay. uh, which is only really for one song my entire set is in standard tuning except for one song
0: okay um, and what do you do for that
3: it's just drop D, so i'm just okay that e-string down um but yeah it's cool it uh it's it's a very wonderful and quirky guitar that i'm uh, still trying to tame mm-hmm. um but i love it it's fantastic i've got ideas for the next incarnation of it on the the near horizon but uh that's that's the guitar that i take out on the road uh always and that's the one i'll be taking out for this australian run as well
0: okay great and um what do you string it up with
3: i use a Daddario 9 to 46s i always have
0: uh-huh nice yes very cool um, yeah, you've, you've really hooked up some excellent endorsements, um, even just those, those three companies you've mentioned there, like the Sur and Freedom and, and the Fractal mm. stuff, that's, that's brilliant.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, very lucky. I'm, uh, uh, you know, blown away by that myself, to be honest.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you've obviously worked super hard and you've got your stuff together as well, so I'm not surprised those guys want to work with you. Um, are there, before we talk about your Australian tour, are there any, um, any other endorsements you want to give shout-outs to?
3: Uh, yeah, sure. Well, I mean, uh, at the moment, I am endorsed by Sir Friedman, Fractal, D'Aderio, uh, Swiss Picks, uh, and Fractal, obviously. Yeah, um, right. And I use and love all of those things very much. So, I mean, obviously, I consider myself very lucky to have the support uh, and be along for the, the ride with, with all of those guys who make the, you know, absolutely fantastic stuff that I really legitimately love and would use regardless.
0: Yeah, cool. That's great, man. Very, very cool. All right. Um. Yeah, this Australian tour, this starts really soon. Um. Tell us about that.
3: It does. I can't believe it's uh starting this week. You know, I don't know where this year is going. Uh, we were just talking about it over lunch today, my bass player and I actually. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, We were talking about uh, a show i did in la which seemed like forever ago but it was this year in january so it's just nuts how quick this year is going yeah. um so it does it starts off in brisbane uh this friday night at the the black bear lodge yeah um, and funnily enough i have never been to brisbane uh with my solo material okay uh, ever. i've been there before with previous bands but um so this is going to be quite a special show obviously being the first show of the tour and the fact that i've never been there uh so i'm really looking forward to it yeah um, awesome. uh we're taking along Desidia for the ride who are an incredible progressive band from adelaide and the drummer who drums with me also plays in Decidia. so he'll be swinging double duties for every okay. game uh, and yeah And then on the 19th of August We're at the Workers Club in Melbourne Which is one of my favourite venues mm-hmm. uh, to Play, I've played there a couple of times And it's just in a really great part of the city And it's kind of the perfect sized club For this kind of thing that's And nice. uh, and then yeah The f- following weekend We're finishing it off at home At the factory floor The Sydney Guitar Festival Awesome um, And that's obviously going to be pretty special Being a hometown show Can't wait for that
0: yeah, great. Yeah, the festival looks awesome, and I'll I'll stoke to see that you are you're going to be part of it. That's great.
3: Ah, uh, I was very very honoured to be a part of it. It's going
0: to be cool. Cool. Now, is that with your trio as well, or do you do you stretch things out for local gigs in terms of your band lineup?
3: Uh, I I have previously. The last time I played in Sydney, I had an outrageous like seven piece band. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this time we are we are rolling with the trio. Yeah, um, cool because I think we're comfortable enough with each other as musicians to swing something like that. Um, and like I said, we, we tried it out in Europe, yeah, and it was yeah. really fun. There's a, there's a, there's a high-risk element to it, um, you know, to there's really no cover. Even just not having that second guitar there, I really feel like I'm out there on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really trying not to think about where my car keys are mid-solo or <laughs>
0: anything like that. Sure.
3: So we yeah, are, we're going to be trialling, uh, uh, well, we're going to be rolling as a trio for this tour. Yeah, um, great. It's going to be super raw and in your face. Um, and I, I'm really enjoying it. It's great.
0: All right, that's James Norbert Evanyi. And um, yeah, he's so great. He uh, is playing Saturday 26th of August at the Factory Theatre for the Sydney Guitar Festival, plus his other dates. So check him out. Alright, next up, our last interview for this special episode, we have Sarah McLeod. Now, Sarah, frontwoman of the Super Jesus, multi-Aria award winners, multiple platinum albums. Just a fantastic band. And Sarah's also released some great solo albums. Her latest, Rocky's Diner, comes out on August 18th. And she'll be doing a bunch of dates, including the Sydney Guitar Festival on Thursday, the 24th of August. Sarah's latest album is full of massive guitars, fantastic songwriting and fantastic guitar parts, let's check out some now. Sarah McLeod welcome to the guitar speak podcast
4: hi Matt thanks for having me darling
0: oh our pleasure um it <laughs> must be a pretty exciting time for you at the moment your new album um, Rocky's Diner is I don't know about less than two weeks uh, from being released
4: yeah yeah just knocking up my coattails now they've got uh, just uh, just over a week
0: fantastic Ooh. Hey, this, this whole album and, and the tour coming up has got a really interesting story. Can can you tell us a bit about how you um wrote for this album and how that was perhaps a bit different from your usual um, usual way to prepare?
4: Uh yeah, well normally I um I as, as most musicians do, we we write songs and we accumulate a body of work and then we get to a point when we go, now's a good time to put out an album and we shuffle through what we have written and we pick the best ones and we put out an album. Um, but because I have a really short attention span, I have trouble doing that because I have I've done this many times in my life and I accumulate the body of work and then it's time to put out the album and then I look at all the songs I have and I go, no, nope, I don't like them anymore. So I thought what I need to do is, is go somewhere when no one's going to talk to me and leave me alone and I'll just sit there and I'll write it from beginning to end in one intense, short working whirlwind and then i'll put it out straight away uh-huh. before i have time to change my mind so i i sat there and i started on the first of january and i told my record company i need exactly three months i'm going to new york i'll deliver the album to you at the at the end of march and i went over there and i started on the first of january and then i delivered the album on the 31st of march in its entirety in its order with the album title there it is, and next week we're putting it out, and I still love it, and it's remarkable for someone like me because it never happened. So I feel really good about this.
0: Yeah, cool. That is awesome. So I guess you're trying to rule out any opportunity to, I don't know, double guess yourself.
4: Exactly. Yeah, I'm a serial second guesser.
0: Uh huh. One
4: of my one of my greatest um, my Achilles heel. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> wow. So you you hop on a plane. Um, did you take any gear? Did you did you have any big agenda other than you're going to write a bunch of songs?
4: I had no agenda besides the fact that I needed to write an album uh-huh. and I had exactly 3 months to do it so I took uh I, I bought a big hard case Samsonite suitcase and I took my whole studio in it mm-hmm. and the the case itself fit just the studio with like one jacket around it and a bit of bubble wrap nothing else <laughs> And awesome. I didn't have any clothes and I thought, well, I had the clothes that I was wearing and I thought if I don't bring clothes with me, then I won't be tempted to go out and I'll just sit there in those clothes with that computer at my desk and I'll write this friggin' thing until it's done and then I'll come home with it.
0: That's awesome. I thought
4: if I bring clothes to go out in, then I'm going to be tempted to go out. So uh-huh. if I have no clothes, then I'm going to have no choice but to sit there and work because <laughs> I can't go out in no clothes. <laughs>
0: that's Especially cool. it
4: was also really cold.
0: Okay, yeah, of course it's middle of winter. Um yeah. that time of year. Wow. So um when you say you took your studio, you mentioned a computer, so you 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 know, you're taking a, a digital audio workstation kind of thing?
4: Yeah, well um most normal people would take a laptop yes. and all the associated equipment, but I decided to take I didn't have a laptop, so I've got my big desktop computer. Yeah, yeah. And I, I thought I'm gonna take this because that's what I have. And I went down to the Mac store and I said, um, "So what's the deal with travelling with a desktop?" <laughs> I, I was, I googled it and you know some people have told me that it's okay as long as you remove the hard drive and, and okay. there's a few other associated tips involved. And I asked the guy at the Mac store and he said, "No, just, you just don't do it. Don't do it. You're, you're a moron. You'll get there and it'll all be shattered and it's not going to happen." And I was like, "Okay, cool." So I threw caution to the wind and I yeah. put that much bubble wrap on it and I put it in the case. <laughs> And I thought, if this album's meant to be, I'm going to get there and that thing's going to work. Nice. And I just did it anyway. And I got there and I opened it up and it worked. And <laughs> and, and I did it. So, you know, stranger things have happened.
0: Very cool. What, what software are we using?
4: I use Logic. I'm, I'm a big believer in Logic. Everyone's been in my ear for years. Oh, you got to go to Pro Tools. Pro Tools. Uh-huh. I hate Pro Tools. I, I love my Logic. I learned on Logic. I'm good at it. I'm quick at it. I know everything about how it works. I love it. It's my guy. So I work on that, yeah. Um, and I had a little like Focusrite Scarlett, um little Focusrite audio interface, and just one guitar, one mic, a couple of cables, and that was it.
0: Awesome. I think once you know your, your, your format, then you're kind of set. This, this podcast I record on a version of Cubase that was built in um, 2003, and it's still working, so I'm kind of with yeah, you with sticking with it. Yeah. Yeah,
4: it doesn't matter... What it is that you're working with, as long as you understand it and you you appreciate it, and it works for you. Yeah,
0: for sure. What about you? Mentioned guitar. What what instruments did you use when you were when you were writing?
4: Well, I took my um, SG, my Gibson SG, over there with me. Yeah, cool. and I, uh, I I needed a bass, but I couldn't take a bass as well. So I played all the guitars on the SG, and then I used the SG and I used the just the, the low E string and I tuned it down and I put it through um, octave
2: pedals. Oh, yeah, cool.
4: And and I made that the bass. So I played all the bass on the guitar as well, which is what led me to now doing the live show where I'm playing the bass and the guitar at the same time through guitar.
2: Yeah. I put a
4: I installed a bass pickup into the guitar that I put through octave pedals into a bass rig with a separate jack out. So it plays the bass and the guitar at the same time because I worked out that that's all I needed when I was in New York.
0: <laughs> Very cool.
4: Travel light, baby.
0: Fantastic fantastic and how how was the um I'll, I'd like to talk more about your gigs coming up too and and your uh and your guitar that you've got happening there but um so with the with the writing was it being in a in a new environment had you been to New York before was there any reason why yeah. you chose New york
4: Yeah, no, I've been to New York a lot of times before. I actually lived in New York for quite a long time, so I knew it really well. Okay, yeah. I'd already sort of got my partying in New York out of my system Uh (laughs) quite a lot before, so I knew that I wasn't going to get there and go, oh, wow, New York, where where do I start? I was like, no, no, it's okay, I've done that. And now I wanted to be alone, but I wanted to be in a land of opportunity where I felt like anything was possible. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it didn't mean I had to go out and start trying to network, you know, I wasn't there for that. I just wanted to be in a place that made me feel that anything was possible. And it changes the way you write lyrics. If I'm sitting in Adelaide, if I'm sitting in Sydney, I might write a line and go, nah, that's naff. No one's going to buy that. But if I'm sitting in New York and I write, I go, yeah, that's totally cool. I rule this moment. You know, there's a a state, it's a state of mind that makes you feel worldly and it makes you feel that you can achieve anything. And that's why I wanted to be there.
0: Mm -hmm. Brilliant. The... The title of the album, Rocky's Diner, that, that actually, is that a, a real diner? No,
4: there was a place that I used to go to when I lived in New York before called Rocky's that um, I used to go there and it had, like, pictures of uh, the owner with um, old celebrities from days of yore uh-huh. and, um, and you know, the red and white tablecloths. And I, I loved the idea of the fact that you would walk in and the owner knew everybody that would walk in to the restaurant. He would sit with them and he would talk through their problems. It was like a lonely hearts club. Yeah, right. Um, and when when I went back there, that particular Rockies had gone, but every restaurant in Little Italy was like that, and they all had their pictures of everyone on the wall that that they knew from the days of yore, and they were all particularly good with the ladies, especially you know, the old men. They're like, you know, hello, like they make you feel like you're the most you know beautiful person in the uh-huh. world, and it's it's just a, a really like cute thing that you know you can go and sit at these places and and feel like you've got a friend, you know. It's the it's lonely hearts club idea. Um, so I, I liked the idea of that and I also had I morphed it into this challenging thing because I had um, watched all of the Rocky movies that right before I left like just before Christmas <laughs> Yeah I watched them uh, every single one um, in succession and then I, I went to go and do it so I had this thing about um, you know the adversity of the whole thing like you know the, the challenge me against the world Yeah, um, yeah. you know I I it was a difficult thing that I, I said to everybody that I was going to do it. I told the label. I was like, you know, give me exactly three months. I know exactly what I'm going to do. It was a huge undertaking, and I knew I was sort of biting off more than I could chew, but I I felt like Rocky, and I was like, it's his greatest challenge, you know. I'm Adrian, <laughs> I'm going to do it. Um, awesome. and And that, that state of mind helps me through all of this.
0: Very cool, very cool. What was your favorite Rocky movie?
4: The one with Drago in in Russia, cuz that's oh, why I was okay. cuz I I went at Christmas yeah. and it was snowing and I was like, okay, is that 5? Is 5? I think it's 5. I, th- I think that one's um, 4.
0: That I think that's yes, Rocky four? 4. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Rocky 4. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's the one I like. Um <laughs> because it was I was somewhere where it was snowing yeah. and it was Christmas. Awesome. And you know, it wasn't Russia, but it was close enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. That is yeah. cool. So um <laughs>
4: I'm gonna write my next album in Russia.
0: Yeah, do it. Do it.
4: Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do next. I I'm now that I've worked out I had a little penny drop moment that writing in isolation and starting an album from beat one to the end of the album in one creative whirlwind is is totally the way to go. And putting that pressure under yourself, it's like it's the best thing that I ever did and now I'm and from now on I'm gonna write nothing. And then when it's time to do an album, I'm going to disappear and write it all in one hit.
0: Great. That's
4: and then cool. I'm going to relax and don't don't feel like I've got homework hanging over my head all the time. Okay. I don't write a bloody thing. Yeah. And then when it's time to write, I write everything. And then it's done.
0: <laughs> sounds good. Sounds like it's working. It, I love that.
4: It does work, and then it and then the album um, is is uh, it feels like it's all written at the same time. You know, it's a it's a body of work that sounds like it's from the same author.
0: Okay. At yeah. the same time. So there's a cohesion to it. To it in one seating.
4: Yeah, yeah. Because I'm a bit of a scatterbrain, you know. So I've never had that before.
0: Okay, that's cool. So, um, so you write the album. You you've made these demos. What happens then? What's the next step?
4: Uh, so I do really elaborate demos. When I do demos, um, I'm talking. I do I do every instrument exactly as it should be. I program the drums. Every beat, every drum fill, every um, subtlety of the hi hat exactly as it's going to be. And then I'd take those sessions into the studio and i gradually re- replace tracks track by track.
0: Okay, yep.
4: So that way, because in the Super Genius, we used to do these really elaborate demos and then we would go into the studio and clean slate, start again. And it never sounded like the demos did. And it was always okay. a problem. Yeah, right. And then I thought, if you're going to go to the tra- – you to do shit demos and then go and surprise yourself in the studio, but if you're going to put the time in to do elaborate demos and get it right the first time, yep. then don't discard that. And then you just make them sound sonically better when you've got the right EQs and the right outboard gear and the right equipment.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. So you don't you don't have that part where you miss the the spontaneity of the demo because you've you're redoing the song in a whole new kind of sitting.
4: Exactly. No, I'm not missing the spontaneity of the demo. I'm just making the demo sound sonically better. Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
0: Awesome. And you recorded in I think a couple of studios in Sydney. Where where were you?
4: Yep, I started at uh, 301. We did the drums at 301. Yep, and and then we took everything into um, place with Damien Gerard's in uh, Browmain, and we did all the guitars there. But again, it was like track by track. Like I pull up and I go, okay, well, um, this is the SG through the Marshall simulator, and I go now. So let's play the SG through an actual Marshall, and I'm going to play the same great. part.
2: Great. And I go great.
4: Awesome. Now the next track is a Telecaster through a Vox simulator. So I'll grab that Telecaster and I'll play it through my Vox, please. Right, great. next track. And I just did it really methodically because I was the producer, so no one was going to tell me what to do, which is great. Fun, yeah, nice. Because I've never produced my own album before, so I, I got really methodical about it. And I was like, I'm I'm not going to miss a trick on this, and if anything goes wrong, it will be my fault, and I can't blame anyone. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I, nothing went wrong, so I feel really good about it.
0: Fantastic, cool. Um, so, yeah, guitars. So, yeah, your your SG, which you've played for a long time, that guitar. Um,
4: Yeah, oh, I love it. It's my favourite. It's, uh, Yeah. The wood grain brown SG, nineteen seventy three, the same year as me. Oh,
2: cool! I bought it
4: with, I bought it with cash that I saved up when I lived in Adelaide at Derringer's Music. Yeah. Um, and I saved up from my job when I worked at Mister Music at Um Westfield Marion, and it was the, the first guitar I bought, and it's always been one of my best.
0: Fantastic! That's cool.
4: Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
0: So, uh, you mentioned, say, so your Marshall. I saw a great picture on, I think it was Instagram the other day. You had your Marshall in, on the back seat or something. You were lugging it to your rehearsal.
4: Yep, I lug like that thing everywhere. It's like my handbag. <laughs> me, the dog, the handbag, and the Marshall.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Where's the party? <laughs> um, a <laughs> Telecaster? Telecaster into a Vox? That, that sounds like a cool combination.
4: Yeah, see, so now um, with this live setup that we're doing, I'm actually not playing ESG, I've kept that aside for Super Jesus only, because I had to, because I'm playing the bass and the guitar at the same time, I had to Frankenstein guitars. So I'm basically butchering guitars to make it work. I had to cut into them, add pickups, add jacks, add switches. And I I didn't want to do that to the SG because it was my first love and my baby. And I thought, no, I'm going to keep you pure and you're going to be for Super Jesus only. I wrote the songs on you, but now you're going to stay put and I'll bring you out when I've got Super Jesus gigs. And in the interim am uh, because am it's a bit experimental, so I, I knew I was sort of stabbing in the breeze this whole thing. So I took I took a, a telecaster that I had at home, which is actually a strap body and a telecaster neck. Okay. And yep. and I was like, Yeah, I like this guitar, but you know, it's not gonna kill me if I ruin it. So I i designed how I wanted it to be and I took it down to my mate Matt that's Saltmine, who um, does my guitars for me and I, I drew right. it all out and I said, This is what I want to do. And he was like, oh, cool, okay. He was all into it. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. this is nifty. Um, and he put it all together for me. And then I, my to get the sound right, to get the to the pedal train succession right, was a very big process because firstly, I've never used guitar pedals in my life. Oh, really? Like, no, I don't like them. I've, I I don't like too many knobs to twiddle. Yeah,
2: sure.
4: <laughs> but I like to go out of the guitar into a tuner and into the amp, and I want the amp to do the work. And I I was think hiding behind. Fancy pedals just means you're, you know, you're just hiding behind smoke and mirrors, aren't you? You, you play well or you, you don't play. So, um, but now suddenly I had to put together a pedal board to make this work because I had the, the I'm trying to play the bass at the same time. Yeah. And it took me ages to get to get the succession of pedals right. A lot of trial and error and a lot of buying pedals and going, no, nah, that absolutely sucks. Get rid of it, get another pedal, try that. You know, Googling, like going through internet web chats, trying to find out what works or what. And I finally got it right now. And now I've got this like full ball pedal board, like seven (laughs) pedals on it, which to me is ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Cool. Um,
4: So I'm doing a lot of fancy footwork uh, with all the changes because within songs, I sort of rewrote the songs to do them live. So within the song, like I'll be playing guitar and then I, you know, hit a few buttons and then suddenly I'm playing just bass. And then I bring the guitar back in and it's guitar and bass. And then it's a different sound of guitar with a different sound of bass. And it's distorted bass. And so there's so much going on. It's, it's crazy, I've had to rehearse more for this than I've had to rehearse for anything in my whole okay.
0: life. Okay, wow. It's um, yeah. It sounds big, though. You've released a couple of videos with you and um, Mick, so Mick Skelton's playing drums in your
4: yes, he power is. duo. Yes, yeah.
0: Awesome. Yeah, and, finally, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it sounds gigantic. Yeah. So you've got, um, I've seen a picture of the guitar, um, I think you've got another one, a backup as well. You So you've, you've actually got a little pickup, it just seems like it's under the E and the A strings. Are they the two that are then running through... An octave or something to give you the um the bass sound?
4: Yeah, so they only pick up those bottom two strings. Yeah. So if I touch the D and the G, you can't hear anything out of that jack. Yeah. So that pickup goes to a separate jack, which goes um, out through an octave pedal, through a sand amp, through a distortion, and then into an Ampeg bass rig. Yeah, great. Yeah, and so then when I'm playing, I can still... Play like majors and minors and um, all my inversions of pretty chords, yeah. but I'm holding down the bass with the fifth and sixth position on the root notes.
0: Cool, that's cool. And then you've got your. I, um, then I assume the guitar pickups uh, are head to a guitar rig. So when you say you're playing all your your inversions and your different chords, they're they're sent to a separate rig again.
4: That's yeah, that's a separate rig again. Yeah, that goes out to um, vintage J and P. Marshall stack Nice <laughs> Which I've always played I've had that Since since I started I got When I first started In the Super Jesus I got a Vintage JMP and p head um, Straight fronted Marshall With green backs
2: yeah. And the
4: SG And that was always My sound And I've kept it yeah. Right through And wow. it, I, I love it It's just It's just the sound To me that just sounds like That's the sound You know yeah. that's, that's it And often um, I, I've noticed When we tour With the Super Jesus These days since you're not allowed to take so much equipment on the road, we do a lot of uh, backline hire, okay. and often I'll get to gigs, and they'll go, here's your JCM 900 or your JCM 800. i was like, oh, okay, <laughs> I can work with this. And it's, you know, it's, never, it's never the same. No. I don't know what it is. It just, it's just doesn't sound right. And I usually get through the gig, and then I go home going, yeah, that was a ride. But it's yeah. the gigs where I actually have my that and I go, yeah, yeah. That's
0: cool. Oh, for sure. Oh, man, and a Plexi yeah. is such a different animal to a to a JCM 800 or 900 for sure. Yep,
4: yep, absolutely. And and mine's a 100 watt, but I ripped out half the valve, so I drive it as a 50. I wish it was a 50, but uh-huh. um, it's a 100, but I, I just sort of um, uh, disemboweled it slightly so that it has to work twice as hard to stay alive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's cool. That's super cool. What... um. So what pedals are you using in your super-duper pedal board now that you're lugging?
4: Okay, well, in the guitar train, so it goes out of my guitar into a tuner, and then it goes through a hot cake, which puts just a little bit of extra grit.
2: Um,
4: not, Not on the main dirty sound, but I put the hot cake on because my clean channel... I flick to the front pickup, which I have on low volume and have a single coil in the front of all my guitars. Mm -hmm. And if you keep the hot cake on, it doesn't... I I have it so it doesn't deter um, the uh, bridge pickup dirty sound. It just puts a little bit of edge into my neck pickup clean channel. Yeah, sure. So you you get that um, clean to dirty thing, which sounds like it's coming from the same amp, the same instrument without hitting a pedal to go, oh, clean, oh, dirty. So it's not a crazy difference. It's, mm-hmm. it's just like, it, it's just sort of calmed down a little bit and taken a couple of breaths and then you, you flick the switch and it goes back to your dirty. So I go out of out of that hot cake um, into a delay and then I've got an EQ pedal that I hit for my solos where I pull out all of the top end and just wind in a lot of bottom end so it's sort of got that front pickup slash thing, you know, and slash okay. goes to the guitar solos and he goes to his neck pickup, and he yeah, turns yeah, the yeah. tone down. Yep. I, I would do that, but I'm already using my neck pickup for my clean channel. Yeah, So okay. I replace that sound by an, an EQ pedal. Yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, and then, so then the other jack goes um, into a uh, what does it go? It goes it out, out of me, and then it goes into, out of me, you know, out of my guitar. <laughs> I sit on the floor going, out, out of me, into that, out of you, into that. <laughs>
2: um,
4: that, that goes into an MXR octave pedal and into a um, bass distortion pedal and into a sand amp bass driver cool and then into an ampeg um, svt fridge stack
0: well it sounds yeah like i said it sounds gigantic on some of those live kind of rehearsal videos that you've you've put out i was checking out the song bad bad valentine the other day and um yeah you're obviously switching between the bass and the guitar and then just wailing on both of them for a lot of the song. It sounds fantastic.
4: Yeah, well actually in that song, because I go to a guitar solo, it was completely impossible to hold down the bass during the guitar solo. Yeah. So um Nick was like, That's okay. I'll I'll bring in a little um one octave keyboard and I'll hold down <laughs> electronic bass with yeah, one yeah. hand while yeah, I'm playing the drums it. with my hand. Yeah. And we can pull it off. Yeah. And I was like, Great idea. Okay, next problem. <laughs> yeah.
0: That must be a lot of fun. It's like, um, yeah, you, you're just making this this thing work with the two of you. It must, be, um, it must be a fresh kind of way to put a show together.
4: It really is, yeah. And and it's kind of scary because it's, it's so much more challenging than any other performance that I've ever put together.
3: Mm-hmm. And I've
4: got so much more to think about than anything I've ever done. Normally I just sit there and go, oh, I hope I don't play a bum chord or remember to get the words or sing out a key or something. But now I'm like, okay, so... Uh you know I've got um I've got one bar break and in that one bar I've gotta hit these four pedals and I've uh-huh. got to hit them within the right um uh order, otherwise the whole thing's gone for the dogs. So like sometimes I'll be like boom <laughs> ang <laughs> like, it's it's that quick. Yeah. So I have to I sit at home rehearsing over and over. This is what I do when I'm not standing here telling you guys, I'm at home going click <laughs> boom boom click, <laughs> uh, boom boom <laughs> uh, like over and over and over and over. That's correct. Repetition is the only way to do it without panicking. That uh,
0: sounds good. It sounds cool. So, so the album comes out on the eighteenth of August, and you've got a bunch of you've got a bunch of dates. Do you Do you know the dates off the top of your head, or can we? Where no, can people no find just,
4: those? Uh, they're all on my website, yeah. and they're sort of adding more and more dates to them as I go. So there's six dates starting from next Friday, and then um, there's a month off, and then the dates continue right through to Christmas.
0: Okay. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. But I don't
4: know I don't know where they are. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> All good. The um I know I know you'll definitely be at the Sydney guitar um festival coming up um at the end of August. So um so that's looks like it's gonna be a great date at the factory, I believe.
4: Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That'll be a cool one.
0: Yeah, nice. All right.
4: Especially when there's a lot of um musicians in the audience, so I'll be like <gasps> Don't judge me. I'm trying something. <laughs>
0: They'll be digging it like me and the rest of the rest of us. It's all right.
4: <laughs> yeah. That's well, cool. you know, it's it's good to try something. It's good to experiment. So, yeah. Um, I, I hope it works, and I'm just happy that I've put myself out on a limb, and I, yeah. I feel content that I've tried something, and it and it feels good. Yeah. I feel like I'm achieving something, which is great.
0: That's cool. I, I would say, you know, as someone who grew up, um. In the eighties and nineties, and has followed you since the early Super Jesus days. You know, you've, you you haven't got anything to prove, um, but I love it that you you've you're pushing yourself and you want to take new creative risks. I think that's fantastic.
4: It's funny because I I feel like I have so much to prove. Yeah, <laughs> I feel yeah, I feel like everything that I did before was great and all, but I just don't feel like it's it, it was what I can do. Uh-huh. I feel like there's so much more that I can do, and and I must prove it just to my own. Vanity, you know before I die, I've just I've got to try all the things that I all the ideas that's sworn around in my brain that I I feel are within my reach and if I if I can get that happening and, and, and Know that I did it then now i will die happy.
0: Yeah, cool well, Not that awesome. I'm dying or anything. Yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 no, you, you you're driven. That's cool. That's really cool more power to you in this one there uh... yeah.
4: yeah, I'm, I'm driven or right? I can't stop driving Knows where I'm going, but like
0: somewhere in the weeds. I'm just off. <laughs> that's cool. Well, hey Sarah, thank you so much for your time. Um, really appreciate it. Really, really great to talk. No, no drama. It's all, it's all good. And um, yeah, exciting to talk about your album because yeah, I've you know we've picked up bits and pieces from the stuff you've been posting on social media and through your website, but it's um, yeah fun fun to get the story um directly from you. So that's great. So <laughs> um hey, all the best for the album coming out and and the subsequent tour and wherever you write the next one russia or whatever
4: yeah russia cool i reckon russia in the dead of winter yeah
0: (laughs) Sounds good.
4: Dark and dirty and depressing. I'm going to use a lot of minor chords. I think I might write it in the key of G minor. That'll be the whole album.
0: That'll be the The saddest
4: of all keys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, cool. Well, hey, thanks so much, Sarah. That's really, really cool to catch up.
4: All right, thanks, Matt. Take it easy, mate. Appreciate your time.
0: All right, there you go, Sarah McLeod. She is the rock and roll real deal, and the new album sounds awesome. So, very cool to meet her. My thanks also to James Norbert-Vanyee and Adrian Leighton for joining me today. Next week, some more guests from the Sydney Guitar Festival. World-class players who live in our own backyard. It's pretty cool. For more details on the festival, go to www.sydneyguitarfestival.com.au. Now, if you're enjoying these Guitar Speak episodes, and I trust you are because you're still listening by now, why not consider sharing them around on your social medias or whatever that really helps us get the word out you can also find us on um, facebook or instagram we're on itunes we're on stitcher we're on iHeartRadio. lots of places to find us listen to us and say hello all right hey thanks for joining me today we'll catch you next time on the guitar speak podcast my name's matt wakeling see you later